0: Focus on headline. All right, let's take a look at what major issues are making the headlines today on Focus on Headline. For this, uh, joining us in the studio, we have our reporters Handan and E Ji Young. Guys, welcome back. Good, Good evening. evening. Uh, we're going to start things off uh, with the uh, ongoing investigation into the 1020. Uh, 1029 ET1 tragedy, we have the members of the Special Parliamentary Committee uh, investigating into the tragedy. Uh, they visited the site for the first time, uh, the T1 police station, uh, this afternoon as well. Jill, let's get the details of this, start us off.
1: Uh, sure. Now, the National Spe- Assembly's Special Committee for the probe into the uh, Itaewon disaster, conducted its first on-site investigation with members from both the ruling and opposition parties. Uh, the members started the visit by paying their respects at the memorial altar at Nuk Sa station, uh, then headed over to the site of the tragedy. Um, after that, they visited the Itaewon police station and asked questions about the 1029 disaster, such as the specific time that the crowd crush was reported and how the each police station followed up uh, the National Assembly members also visited the Seoul Metropolitan Police Agency and the Seoul City Hall to receive separate reports on the tragedy. Now, this comes 10 days after the ruling People Power Party stepped away from a parliamentary probe into the Itaewon tragedy amidst uh, amid a uh, spat with the uh, Democratic Party over a uh, unilateral motion to remove Interior Minister Lee Sangmin earlier this month. Um, the ruling People Power Party had stayed away from the committing, committee claiming the opposition violated an agreement to deal first with the national budget before launching the parliamentary investigation in earnest. Uh, but People Power Party lawmakers returned to the committee Wednesday after holding a meeting with the bereaved families of the victims, which was yesterday. And we did see a lot of um back and forth going
0: in a lot of tears. Yeah, and I think it's uh, no secret that the, uh, the start, uh, as soon as uh, this special National Assembly uh, investigative committee was formed... Uh, There was just too much clash going on. It was just too much political clash going on and not a lot of uh, answers, uh, not a a lot of questions being answered here. And of course, we talked about the victims' families uh, looking for the answers. All right, so we did now finally see the official start of this. It starts off with the on site investigation, like Chiang said. Now, with the special police team investigating the itaewon crowd crush uh, they've requested war- arrest warrants for yungsang uh, office ward paqi young former Yongsan Police Chief Im Jae, as well as the former head of the uh, Yongsan 112 Situation Room, Song Byung-ju, as well. Let's also get more on that.
1: Uh, Sure. Now, the Seoul Western District Prosecutor Office resubmitted the request on Tuesday, which is 15 days after the Seoul Western uh, District Court dismissed the team's initial request for warrants. Uh, Lee uh, is suspected of professional negligence resulting in death. and Fabricated official documents, while Song is accused of failing to swiftly and appropriately uh, handle emergency calls on the night of the tragedy. Uh, In requesting an arrest warrant the second time around, the probe team added a charge against uh, Im Jae of fabricating official documents. And investigators believe that the former chief failed to correct uh, the crowd uh, fabricated. reports and stated that he arrived at the scene 48 minutes earlier than his actual arrival time, even after personally reviewing the document. Now, the special police unit also sought uh, an arrest warrant for two senior officials of the Yongsan District office, including its chief, Park young on charges of professional negligence resulting in death.
0: Now, uh, in the meantime, uh, as we this, I guess the good news is that uh, this investigation now has officially kicked off. Uh, who knows how long it's going to take. And, uh, I, you know, the consensus is that even despite the fact that the investigation has begun, there's still going to be a lot of political clashes. Uh, speaking of political clashes, the new year fast approaching with only about 10 days left in 2022. But uh, next year's budget bill uh, is still stuck in limbo right now. The rival parties continue to lock horns over thorny issues. Tan, uh, it's been a while. We talked about uh, beginning of this month being the legal deadline and so forth. That uh, They've passed many deadlines. What's the latest on this?
2: SJ, the floor leaders of the ruling People Power Party and the main opposition Democratic Party continued closed-door negotiations, On the most contentious issues, but we're yet to hear that they found a breakthrough. The two main sticking points at hand are still the issues of corporate tax cut Mm. and the $5 trillion budget for the newly created Police Bureau under the Interior Ministry and the Personnel Information Management Team under the Justice Ministry. Now, regarding the corporate tax cut, the rival parties both agree that tax cuts are necessary, but they defer on the scope and the amount of the reduction. On the $5 trillion budget for the new government bodies, the ruling party is demanding a swift passage of the budget, while the DP is against allocating a single penny to the new departments, which the party claims were established in violation of the Constitution and the Government Organization Act. The Yun administration created the police bureau and the personnel information management team through an enforcement decree using presidential authority, not by passing amendment bills at the National Assembly, creating, uh, stirring up a a storm of controversy. Mm. And so the DP argues that the establishment was illegal to begin with, and hence the budget cannot be allocated for those departments. Now, for our listeners who may not have been following related news about those two departments, The police bureau was created under the Interior Ministry this summer, uh, which gives the ministry more direct control over the police. While the UN administration has said that the bureau will allow the Interior Ministry to manage the National Police Agency in a more transparent and democratic manner, opposition parties and the police slammed it as the government's administrative coup aimed at tightening its grip on the nation's police. As for the personnel information management team under the Justice Ministry, uh, the team gives Justice Minister Han Dong-hun immense authority over high-ranking officials as the team oversees the approval of public office candidates. Now, this task was previously handled by the senior president, Presidential Secretary for Civil Affairs, uh, which is now scrapped in line with President Yoon's pledges. The DP argues that the team grants too much power to the Justice Ministry that already holds the investigative and inspection authorities. Now, back to the budget impasse. Although the rival parties remain at loggerheads, some are hoping that the launch of state investigation into the Itaewon crowd crush could work positively in finding a breakthrough. According to various reports citing anonymous lawmakers, the DP may be more willing to make concessions now, as the PPP agreed on the launch of the investigation, reversing its budget-first and investigation-later stance. So all eyes are now on how much leeway the DP will offer PPP for fresh negotiations now that uh, the investigation has been launched against PPP's will.
0: And this was the controversy amongst the public in that uh, both sides were kind of using uh, the budget bill uh, as a leverage for the mm-hmm. investigation into the ET1 crowd crush uh, and which is why there was a lot of criticism into this uh, parliamentary investigative committee saying that when you have the political parties involved they're going to get nowhere knowing that there's uh, they've been always uh, at odds uh, but Again, going back to you know the police bureau being uh, created under the interior ministry, and obviously with the 811 crowd crush, that's why a lot of people are saying that. Well, isn't this a good reason for why? Uh, Interior Minister Lee Sang-min should be responsible for all the things that happened to the E One crowd crush. And of course, the uh, removal of uh, uh, Interior Minister Lee Sang-min was another thing that the DP was uh, pushing for. And they were using that as a leverage, uh, or I should say the, the budget bill passing as a leverage to pull that through. So there was a lot of clashing between the two sides. Uh, hopefully, the budget does finally pass through here uh, on Wednesday president Yun Sagir receiving the 2023 policy briefings from the government ministries and agencies uh, this beginning with the finance ministry Qian can you tell us more about the things that stood out from the other uh, briefings here
1: uh sure now the finance ministry kicked off the series of sessions by presenting macroeconomic outlooks and briefing the president on its key economic policies for next year with discussions on economic policy among private experts Experts and uh, government officials. Uh, unlike the first finance briefings in July, when the president met uh, with the ministers alone, uh, today's briefing invited not only government officials but also the general public as well as uh, private experts to attend the meeting. Now, uh, President Yoon Suk-yeol said in his opening remarks that. After the launch of the government, uh, in order to overcome the global economic crisis, this year's policies were implemented to focus on urgent pending issues. Now, the previous system and policies that were blocking our growth and development, that his administration needs to clean up these wrongdoings and start policy reforms to improve the system. Uh, he also said that even though labor, education, and government pension reform is unpopular among the public, it should be done for the future generation, and that 2023 will be the year to start these reforms. Uh, another thing that stood out was the president' remarks on the recent tax cut for people with multiple houses. So uh, I'll quote President Yoon suk yeol He said, quote, in the previous administration, people who dealt with real estate issues thought it was ethically right to impose heavy taxation on single-family and multi-households. But at a time when we live with high interest rates, people renting are renting uh, instead of buying. Uh, And since the rental volume eventually comes from people who own multiple houses, If heavy taxation is imposed, the tax will be passed on the renters, raising the burden for both the house owners and the renters. Now, the presidential office said that in the policy briefings, uh, which will continue into next month, uh, so will continue into next month so that the ministries and state agencies can report their achievements and explain policy plans for next year to the president, as well as the public.
0: Yeah, again, I think uh, many would argue that uh, 2023 is going to be a big year for the UN administration and Mm -hmm. everything has to go right with the UN administration. I think a lot of people. Will agree that uh, you know the start for the UN administration wasn't been too rosy. Uh, he mm-hmm. is, uh, of course, going through one of the some of the lowest approval ratings. But the reason why two thousand twenty-three uh, is key for the UN administration, President Yunus and his administration, is because two thousand twenty-four, uh, twenty-four, you have the general elections, right. right? And so what the UN administration does and the, P- the ruling PPP uh, is going to ultimately impact how the voters are going to vote uh, during the general election as the uh, the ruling PPP. Uh, Certainly aims to take back the uh, National Assembly. Uh, Going into some economy-related news here. Looks like South Korea is highly likely to see export volume shrink in December as well, already seeing a near 10% drop on year uh, so far this month. But imports continue to grow, uh, which will likely result in a trade deficit for the ninth straight month. Donna, can you break down the numbers for us?
2: Sure. South Korea's exports slipped 8.8% on year in the first 20 days of this month, mainly due to weak shipments of semiconductors and mobile devices. Outbound shipments stood at $33.6 billion from December 1st to the 20th, down from uh, $36.8 billion during the same period last year, according to the Korea Customs Service. Outbound shipments of chips, Korea's key export item, fell over 24 percent and those of mobile devices slipped nearly 45 percent. Exports of steel and auto parts decreased around 17 percent and 3 percent to reach roughly $2.6 billion and $1.2 billion respectively. But exports of automobiles rose by over 45 percent and those of petroleum products also rose by 27 percent. By trading nations, Exports to China dropped significantly by over 26 percent, with the amount coming at around $7.2 billion dollars. China-bound exports have been plunging in the latter half of this year, including chips exports dragging down Korea's entire export volume. Shipments to the U.S., on the other hand, increased over 16 percent to reach over $5.8 billion. Outbound shipments to the European Union also increased slightly to $4 billion, while exports to Vietnam dropped around 20 percent to $2.9 billion. Korea will likely see its exports fall for the third consecutive month this month after seeing a 14% drop on year last month following a uh, 5.7% fall the previous month. If the volume does fall for the third straight month uh, in December, it'll mark the first time since uh, the early stages of COVID-19 in 2020. Imports, however, moved up nearly 2% on year to $40 billion, resulting in a trade deficit of $6.4 billion. Korea's trade deficit has been in the red for the past eight months, which, again, is the first in 25 years, with a cumulative deficit reaching nearly $49 billion this year, the highest on record. The figure is double the amount of the previous record set in 1996. This year's trade balance looks almost certain to post a deficit, uh, and uh, this for the first time since the 2008 global financial crisis.
0: Yeah, I mean, signs were there that uh, there's going to be a significant uh, trade deficit moving forward because uh, amongst the numbers that uh, you shared with us, Tan, uh, exports to China dropping significantly to over 26 percent. That's not something that's happened overnight. It's been actually going on for uh, several years, and they're citing uh, the trade tension between the United States and uh, China having an impact on it, whereas uh, you see that the exports to the United States is going up for South Korea. But they're saying that because uh, exports to China was so massive before that, uh, it is going to take a, a toll on the South Korean export figures here. And uh, China, what they're doing uh, so far, it does seem like they're trying to domesticate everything. They're trying to build everything within China. Also, I mean, during the COVID-19 uh, pandemic uh, with their zero COVID policy. It's been, you know, they've not been importing a lot of goods in the first place. But uh, hopefully uh, these numbers do bounce back here guys let's talk weather uh we haven't talked weather in a really long time uh we've been seeing a lot of snow Uh, we've also been seeing a lot of cold weather these days here in south korea and uh it seems like uh oh my goodness are you kidding me there's gonna be even more snow in the next coming days
1: (laughs) yeah that's right sj uh snow will continue in the wider seoul area and central inland regions into wednesday and also up to this uh Coming and in these coming days, uh, now the state uh, weather agency said forecasting up to fifteen centimeters of snow, and also in some area areas in the Seoul and surrounding areas. Now snow began following falling earlier in the day, accompanied accompanied by strong wind and even thunder and lightning in some regions. Now heavy snow advisories have been issued for the capital area, including southern areas of Gyeonggi-do province inland uh, and mountainous areas of Gangwon-do province and other inland regions. Now for tomorrow's forecast uh, for Thursday, the Korea Meteorological Administration KMA forecasts between 5 and 15 centimeters of snow that will fall in parts of uh, northern parts of Gyeonggi-do province and inland areas of Gangwon-do province and the southern part of Jeju Island. Now between two and 8 centimeters of snow is forecast for snow uh, the western port city of Incheon and southern parts of Gyeonggi-do province. Uh, The KMA asked drivers in the affected areas to be cautious as snow may freeze on roads.
0: Yeah, so if there's snow forecast for Thursday, and I was just looking at the uh, the, the weather. Oh, my God. I haven't looked at the weather conditions in a while. But uh, Friday, this Friday is supposed to have some of the coldest weather. So like you said, the roads are probably going to freeze, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're going to be uh, scattering all those uh, things to melt the uh, the snow. But the problem is uh, that it freezes because of these uh, cold weather. So, yes, Uh, Do drive safely, especially watch out for uh, the black ice. Uh, they, that's one of the things you got to watch out for here. Uh, well, let's move on here, uh, talk about uh, Ukraine's President Vladimir Zelensky. He's uh, planning to visit Washington, and uh, he may certainly meet with U.S. President Joe Biden, and this is according to various local news outlets. Now, if the visit is materialized, I uh, will mark his first trip to a foreign country uh, since the Russian invasion began back in February of this year. Uh, Todd, let's get more on this. Well, according to
2: CNN, Zelensky will likely visit Washington, D.C. on Wednesday local time. He's expected to meet with President Biden at the White House uh, and deliver a speech at a joint session of the U.S. Congress. The visit to the White House, however, hasn't been finalized due to security concerns. And uh, currently, we can't completely rule out the possibility of the visit being canceled altogether due to security reasons. Uh, But if he does land in Washington, he will hold a meeting with Biden and top administration officials. Uh, The visit, visit will coincide with the Biden administration's planned announcement on a new defense assistance package. President Biden will likely announce an additional $1.8 billion in security assistance to Ukraine during the expected visit, which is a significant boost in aid headlined by the Patriot missile systems within the package, according to CNN, citing local officials. The new announcement will add to the nearly $20 billion in security assistance already provided to Ukraine since Russia's invasion began. Uh, President Zelensky is also expected to address the Congress, as the visit also will come at a time when U.S. lawmakers are holding last minute talks on passing a sweeping government spending measure that includes an additional $45 billion in emergency assistance to Ukraine. Now, the Republicans have previously opposed the extra aid, so Zelensky will likely ask for bipartisan support during his planned speech at the Congress. The White House, however, declined to comment on the potential visit or the Biden uh, Biden administration's new security assistance announcements. Meanwhile, US lawmakers are also planning to visit Capitol Hill on Wednesday evening for Zelensky's speech, and officials are reportedly working through security preparations. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said that she doesn't know what's going to happen, but according to CNN, she has been making calls to members urging them to show up uh, to the Capitol on Wednesday for a very special focus on democracy. Uh, now this on uh, also uh, over fears the chamber would be empty ahead of the holiday recess.
0: We've uh, been recently been seeing a lot of movement from Russian President Vladimir uh, Vladimir Putin. And uh, we talked about uh, recently he's made a, a rare visit to Minsk uh, to hold talks with uh, Belarusian President Alexander Lukashenko. And uh, what people are assuming may be uh, some assistance for the Russian side here. But now we're also uh, hearing reports that uh, President Putin visited a special military branch involved in Russia's military operation in Ukraine. town. can you tell us about this as well?
2: Right. According to Russia's presidential press secretary Dmitry Peskov, Uh, President Putin visited the joint staff of all military branches involved in Russia's special military operation in Ukraine last Friday. Putin examined the staff's work all day and was briefed about the special military operations progress. He also held a conference and separate meetings with commanders, according to Peskov. But it remains unclear if this means the Russian leader actually set foot on Ukrainian soil. Hmm. Uh, the Associated Press reported that no one knows for sure the exact location of this joint staff of the special military operation in Ukraine, adding that there are no photos or videos that show his
0: visit. Uh, in the meantime, we have reports that three people died when a blast ripped through a gas pipeline in central Russia uh, that brings gas from Russia's Arctic through Ukraine onto Europe. Uh, Chiang, can you tell us more about this?
1: Uh, Sure. Now, images are circulating on social media showing a large ball of fire billowing over one and two-story buildings in a snow-blanketed village. And it has been reported that three people had died and one injured. Now, the fire, which emergency services said had been extinguished, erupted near the village of Yambaktino, which is around 6 600 kilometers east of Moscow. Now, a local branch of emergency services said the blast occurred during planned repairs on the pipeline, uh, which is also known as the Brotherhood Pipeline. Now, the pipeline, which was built in 1980s, enters Ukraine via the Suda metering point, which is currently the main route for Russian gas to reach Europe. Um, Russia Investigative Committee, which handles serious crimes, said it it already opened an investigation into violations of industrial safety requirements. Now, Moscow has dramatically reduced shipments to Europe in w- response to Western sanctions over the conflict in Ukraine. So, this pipeline would be a huge uh, this this um, fire would be a huge blow to Russia and also uh, the the European countries.
0: Uh, let's move on to other issues. Uh, earlier this uh, week, I believe, uh, well, I should say Sunday, uh, Elon Musk, uh, who is the new CEO of Twitter, he went on to Twitter, uh, set up a, a survey that was, uh, I guess, uh, participated by 17.5 million people. And basically the question was simple. Should I step down as the CEO of Twitter. It was a yes or no question, and he said, well, I'm going to abide by the results of the, uh, the survey. And then 57.5% of uh, the respondents said, yes, Elon, you stepped down as the CEO. And of course he has been met with uh, a lot of controversies uh, in the two months or so that he's been the CEO of Twitter. Uh, he went from saying that I'm not gonna step down to now, he's saying that he'll resign as Twitter's CEO if and when he finds someone, quote, foolish enough uh, to take the job. Don, you have more on this.
2: Well, Musk, as you know, one of the world's richest men, who's proving to be very talented at stirring up controversies these days, has caught many off guard again, saying he will quit as Twitter CEO, but he said that he will still run the software and servers teams after his replacement is found, indicating that he may continue to exercise significant influence on the company's decision making. His announcement came, as you said, after he abruptly posted a poll on Twitter with the question, should I step down as head of Twitter? He promised that he will abide by the poll results, and and the poll saw 57.5 uh, percent of over 17 million users vote yes to him quitting the role. During the short period of time as Twitter CEO, Musk has been harshly criticized for his way of cutting half of Twitter's workforce as well as the changes he made on the platform since his takeover, which included suspending the Twitter accounts of several journalists. Mr. Musk was even condemned by the United Nations and the European Union over the decision to suspend some journalists, tweeting that media freedom was not a toy, uh, while the EU threatened Twitter with sanctions. Growing criticism of Musk culminated in Sunday's poll that served as an effective, if unscientific, referendum on Musk's handling of the company since he closed his purchase of Twitter in late October. Uh, For weeks, investors have called on Mr. Musk to step down from running the social media platform, saying he has been distracted from properly running Tesla shares in the electric car company have plummeted more than 65 percent of the past year. Musk uh, sold billions of dollars worth of Tesla shares to help fund his Twitter purchase, which helped to push the shares down. Now, although Musk lashed out that he'll have to find someone Foolish enough to take the job, he's now reportedly spending a substantial amount of time looking for the right person. Some people speculate uh, that Twitter co-founder Jack Dorsey, who resigned as chief executive, uh, could also come back to run the company, while Facebook's former chief operating office, Sheryl Sandberg, Uh, as well as former U.S. presidential advisor and son-in-law of Donald Trump, Jared Kushner, are also being mentioned as the possible candidates. That is
0: a very interesting list of people uh, Mm -hmm. for that spot, uh, to be honest with you. And uh, let's just put it this way. I mean, Musk, even before he decided to purchase uh, uh, Twitter, I mean, he he was known for his Twitter uh, tweets, Mm-hmm. As, that's, that's what they call it. Right? I don't use Twitter, uh, but uh, he was in uh, hot waters a couple of times because he, you know, first he showed express uh, he expressed a desire to purchase Twitter, and then when everything was about to go through, he's like, "Wait, wait, wait! Can I cancel this?" And they're like, "No, you can't cancel it. Everything is done in place." <laughs> and he, he went into, he went on this weird like moment this uh, summer where he was like well I want to buy, he went on Twitter, he goes I think I'm going to buy Manchester United and because uh, for the longest time people wanted uh, the Glazier family to sell Manchester United and he was like I might be you know what I think I'm interested in buying Manchester uh, United and then all of a sudden he goes, like no 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 I was just kidding and that was, that led to an investigation because that certainly ruins everything, that messes up a whole lot of things but eventually I think he was kind of, he had a uh, second hard change of heart in purchasing Twitter but it was too late and now he has this and now all these controversies right now. Uh, Twitter, let's see. Uh, Patrick Pierzer says Musk should go. Uh, the best would be going to the moon or Mars. <laughs> like, like just like get get out of Earth is what you're saying. Uh, well speaking of Space uh, employees from the three companies led by CEO Elon Musk, Tesla, uh, Twitter, and SpaceX uh, have filed lawsuits for being unfairly dismissed. Uh, we're seeing more and more employees come out and file these complaints and lawsuits against the billionaire as well as the company. Uh, Chia, tell us more about this.
1: Uh, sure. Now, there are three separate companies and there are also three or four or five or six or many different reasons why these employees are filing suits. And I'll start off with Tesla. Uh, Tesla has been accused of illegally firing two two employees for their involvement in drafting letters critical of the company and its chief executive, Elon Musk. Now, the unidentified workers filed complaints with the U.S. National Labor Relations Board last week, claiming that they were fired to discourage other Tesla employees from speaking up about their working conditions. Uh, Tesla fired one of the workers in June after calling their efforts to organize discussions among employees attacks on the company, according to the complaint. Now, the second employee was allegedly fired earlier for false and obstantiated performance reasons only a month after receiving a performance-based raise. Um, and with Twitter, a series of lawsuits and private uh, arbitration actions against Musk and the company are alleging that they failed to give employees they legally required notice about the layoffs and failed to keep their word when it came to the severance pay and benefits and discriminated against women and people with disabilities with the cuts. Now, as you know, after a chaotic two weeks under Musk's um, ownership of Twitter, Twitter, uh, he roughly uh, cut half of the Twitter staff, which is about 7,500 staffers. They were all laid off. Um, In addition, also eight former SpaceX employees reported uh, that the company to the Labor Relations Commission's also last month that claimed that they were fired after Delivering a letter to the management pointing out uh, the allegations of sexual harassments by executives towards the company's flight attendant, as well as uh, inappropriate actions that were wist- witnessed on the company Jet, uh, which was surfaced on Twitter in June. So it seems as though there's a lot of hot mess going on with these three companies, and there's one common denominator, and it's Elon Musk.
0: Yeah, and uh, the one with uh, Twitter was uh, like a hot mess, like you said, because apparently, mm-hmm. I don't even think he was just kind of like picking and choosing who needs to be laid off. I was, I don't even think he was thinking about about it because apparently one of the people that uh, one of the person that he laid off is a person who has the capability is the only person that can run this particular program Mm -hmm. to run Twitter and he fired him and they're like we can't run Twitter without this person. <laughs> exactly. What did exactly. you do? Why did you fire him? And, uh, you know, there was a... Uh, did yeah. you go went back and said, listen, uh, you know, can you come back? I'm sorry. And then he was like, well, you laid me off and stuff like that. So I don't know what's going on uh, in the mind of Elon Musk, to be honest with you. Uh, let's move on. Uh, some space-related uh, story here. South Korean rocket startup InnoSpace uh, set to launch his suborbital technology demonstration rocket. This is the Hanbit L- uh, TLV. Uh, this is going to happen this evening. Uh, t- tell us more about this launch and the significance of this launch.
2: Right, the Hempit TLV. Uh, was scheduled to be launched at 6 p.m. Korea time uh, at the Alcantara Space Center in northern Brazil, but it seems like we are seeing some delay. Uh, reports are trickling in that uh, the, erect, uh, the the launcher has been fully erected and the rocket is now on standby for blast-off. And we're really hoping that we can see the rocket blast-off tonight because we already, we've already we already seen it uh, the launch get delayed. Yeah. Once the launch was initially set for Monday evening Korea time, but was delayed after detecting a malfunction at a cooling system valve just two hours before the launch. In a space, moved the rocket to the assembly building and has completed its repair. Uh, the suborbital technology demonstration rocket Hanbit TLV marks South Korea's first space launch vehicle developed by a private firm. The main purpose of the launch is to test the company's hybrid rocket engine that will eventually carry the company's planned commercial satellite launcher Humpit Nano. Uh, the engine is a 15-ton level hybrid rocket engine, around 16 meters tall, with a weight of over eight tons. Aboard Humpit TLV is an inertial navigation system called CISNAV, developed by the Brazilian Department of Aerospace Science and Technology. Uh, the uh, the launch of Humpit TLV, the successful launch, hopefully, uh, will mark the the beginning of the the commercial uh, space industry era uh, that President Yoon is also strongly pushing for.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, South Korea is actually relatively very new uh, to the space program and they've uh, progressed uh, quite a bit. And I think (coughs) over the past few years here. And so, again, we'll be watching the story very closely, Uh, whether or not it's a successful launch or not. I'm sure we'll get some more information on that and try to cover that uh, in tomorrow's program guys uh thank you very much for coming in today with your reports stay safe and uh, we'll see you guys again thank Thank you 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 can listen to korea now with me sj lee by downloading the arirang radio application or tune in online by visiting www.arirangradio.com so make sure you tune in mondays through fridays 6 p.m to 8 p.m korea time